this is a podcast to talk about the best show in the world succession Succession. purely for us purely for us and truly purely for us because at this point we must have lost a huge amount of our listenership our very small pool of listenership we have um betrayed your trust and been very bad with our um upload schedule just life got in the way didn't it bloody bloody life life has to just you know i mean just, if there's one thing the roys can understand or the thing that they they can do well life gets in the way they're still making those meetings oh they are but this is the crazy thing about series four yeah on top of the many cra- crazy things Hit me. about series four is that it's all taking place within about three or four days i know it's really freaky isn't it and it must be quite strange for the actors because i feel like i look very different like week to week mm. but imagine having the kind of continuity of having to make sure that you look like you did supposedly two days ago when you've probably been filming for three months at this oh point. yeah they, they would have filmed for ages i was thinking about this most recent episode um the election party how many nights they must have had to yeah. do night shoots to 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 film that party have scene. you ever done a series of night shoots i've only done night shoots like a couple of times yeah i I think my I think night shoots are what have made me never want to act again. <laughs> I've done two. I've done a few, but I've done two, which have burnt into my memory. One yeah. on Pride, yeah. where all it was for is for a, was for a, a drone shot. Mm-hmm. You know, like from high. Is that what drones? Yeah, like a high one. Yeah, they go in like the sky <laughs> and they fly around a bit, don't they? The high drone thingy. Yeah, just like up in the air somewhere. And it was just for us walking down the street. Nice. And we hung around all day. It was freezing cold. And it was, you didn't even see us in mm. the end of it. Mm. Hated it. And then another Harry Potter one when Dumbledore bloody died. Oh, God. And he bloody does die, doesn't he? He died. Bloody Dumbledore. And we had Dumbledore. S- it was actually really awful. This is, a, this is a bit of top goss if you're a Harry Potter fan. Oh, my God. Um... It was a night shoot outside, again, filmed over a series of days. All of the alumni were in, you know, watching, raising up their wands, yeah. to, you know, to yeah. say, yeah, oh, no. no. That's an epic scene. We love that one. It is a good scene. Yeah. <laughs> that's a moche. It's really a moche. It was freezing. We had yeah. to have those hand warmers. And for the top stars, they got like, you know, good, they got the good heaters and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I bet they did. We did. elitist pigs. We did not. We had to go into the little, you know, crowd you know, tent things. Well, we didn't go in the crowd tent. We had a little tent. Yeah. It was actually a really bonding experience, but agony, yeah. cold. And when we had to hold up our wands, I thought, okay, well, this is this is a big moment. Yeah. Dumbledore has just died. Gotcha. So I'm going to make a thing of it. You yeah. know, I'm really going to act. Yeah, you look really emotional in the background of that scene, i got to say. say. <laughs> so, so, I do, don't I? Do you remember? <laughs> That's so sweet that you remember. I do, I do. You look incredible. You look very in it. Okay, you know? well, this will... I'm like, lavender. Well, okay. Who knew she had such a special tie with, with Dumbledore? <laughs> so David Yates, who's an incredible director, very into naturalistic acting. Loves it. And he did love me, but... Well, he did like me. He didn't, he didn't love me. Um... He came up to me after one of the takes where they were doing like a pan. You just basically had to, I was very, I'm not an actress who doesn't know when the camera isn't on me. Yeah. Or is on me. I know when it's on me, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so you, whenever you it wasn't. screen face on. Yeah. So whenever the camera was definitely like in a big wide or a wide, I'd be like, right, I've got to be on. Yeah. Whenever it was on close ups, I'd be like, I can relax now. Yeah. I wasn't going to cry when it wasn't on me. No. But when it was near me, I thought, okay, well, I better put the acting tears on. Yeah. So I did. I really went for it. And then he went cut and he came up to me. <laughs> he came up to me after and was like, um, j- j- just less, less, <gasps> less. Less? So I, I had you cried were doing too much Too much for death. Dumbledore. <laughs> 
isn't that insane? And and I felt so humiliated. That is so because funny, I Jessie. didn't I didn't really care that much. I mean, obviously, I love Dumbledore. I loved Harry Potter, but I wasn't like you know. I was really I was like going over and beyond yeah. for Dumbledore. Yeah, 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 exactly. And you're just about to get killed by Grey. Exactly, Grief and Greyback. What's his name? Greyback. Veneer Greyback. Veneer Greyback. Yeah, you're about to get fucking murdered. Honestly, anyway. I've spoken to loads of my friends since when it's like been a random conversation and multiple different people at different points have told me, you know, when your sister died, that was actually a really, like, oh, that really was a very emotional for me. So you acted dead great. You got but great dead face. It's on screen for, honestly, like two seconds max, not even two seconds. And the amount, I just got back from a German Comic Con and <laughs> the amount of people that came up to me and said, like crying, saying how they they didn't they just didn't think that should have happened and that was not fair. Yeah, it was just so funny because gotcha. there's no small parts. Okay, there's just small actors. Just exactly. Anyway, and, and you should know that more than anyone else. Sorry. On that point, this episode of Succession that took place at the election party, how committed were our one-liner um, oh, roles in this. Perfect. I the amount of casting that must have happened with those one-liners. That one guy that said to Tom when he was talking to um, uh, Shiv's, like, ex-flame, and the guy was like, oh, don't, Nate, don't talk to him, and he did, like, that cross-fingers yeah. thing. Oh, he's bad news, man. I was like, whoa, who is this character? Let me jump in his life for a second. Absolutely. Because I am fucking committed. And equally, when Kendall's doing the speech and he references, like, the singer, yeah. or is it a journalist? A singer. Or she's just a lady with lovely hair. Yeah, and, and, and I was like, who? is she she had such a genuine laugh i was like i want to know these people i feel intimately connected to this this party goer right now imagine if you're a succession fan because the amount of extras that would have been at the party and they would have had to hang around for however long that that scene took that must have taken like a good week yeah right oh absolutely if not more imagine the thrill of being in that scene but also the ndas they must have had to sign because obviously by that point they would have known that logan's dead oh yeah i honestly think in some alternate universe, they should have done like some sort of sign up scheme for succession <laughs> super fans to be the extras in the scenes. Like, I mean, who would be more dedicated? Absolutely. Although we would be doing a lavender brown in the background, yeah. wouldn't we? The fucking director <laughs> would be like, guys, tone, tone it down. You're crying, and this is supposed to be a happy scene. Just like as Kendall walks past. But that's almost what I felt for the majority of the peripheral characters in this series. They have basically been there but mm-hmm. not saying anything yeah like jerry's had a few like a couple of good scenes frank a couple of good lines i did love it when when jerry walks in and roman uh, this is at the party obviously mm. it's all at the party this episode but um and and roman rich kid nepo baby s- says so she's fine yeah. she's jerry's fine and frank just says no actually she's terribly angry yeah i think that's so great because you do expect people to smooth things over, tidy up things for you when you're that entitled. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, no, this time he has fucked up by making a flippant firing catastrophe of yeah. Jerry. Like, it's just perfect. Yeah. Just to recap, we won't go into it in too much depth. If you are a Patreon subscriber, I did a little video update catch up on some of the last episodes while Jesse was away. Um, but just let's hear your take on how you feel like the last few episodes have gone since Logan's okay. death, because that's when we last did a podcast about it. So we've got the memorial scene in uh, the apartment, Marsha, you know, there and the kids kind of finding that about freaky then you've got kendall finding out that he's going to be you know supposedly taking over the underline underline. thing Um, what did you think did you think it was underlining or crossed out i think it was an underline i think it was an underline too 
Yeah. I think it was so genius the way that they did that. Yeah. Though. Uh, well, who thought of that? I know. And that who was, thought of that? Who bloody thought of that? God, they should pay. They should pay these guys more. WGA I feel like they should strike. pay whoever thought of those little things extra. Mm. But I think Jesse Armstrong wrote the bulk of this series on his own. Good right? for him. Good for him. One of a long line of strong Jessies. Mm. Um, so, so I definitely, yeah. yeah. I any any standout moments that you can um, sort of recall? I'll just give you some little. Um, Standout uh, moments, I mean, I'm sorry because I think we disagree here, but all of my standout moments have been, have been between Tom and Shiv. Yes, because that's what we really, that the, the the creators of this show have clearly picked up on the scent of what everybody is saying online, which is that Tom and Shiv are like probably the strongest characters, which is crazy to me because yes, they are incredibly strong characters, yeah. but they're the ones that people seem to be going crazy over. And I think that they've given them so much screen time this season because of that. Whereas I think Roman could have used more screen time oh, this season. Oh, Roman could have used it. I think another standout moment for me was on the mountain with Matson, yeah. um, Kendall and Roman because it was so schoolboy. Mm-hmm. They were so... Um, when they when they decided that they were going to betray Shiv and ruin the deal in the bushes, Kendall and um, yeah. Roman, and I just love Roman's innocence. He so wants to be loved and have a a pack that he he betrays Shiv, even though Shiv has actually been more. They have a more of a camaraderie than than the other siblings, I think. And. Um, on that mountain, when when Matson kind of slags off them and says, "You're nothing like your father. You're never going," it's just so animalistic how they respond, and it's almost like burn everything to the ground. Everything, all we care about is now not honoring Logan, but proving Logan wrong, mm-hmm. like proving that they have what, what it, it takes. takes. Yes, absolutely. It's um, it's so primal. You're right, and I think it's genius that they brought Matson in to such an extent because, like we were saying earlier, like it's ridiculous that the previous series they've all been chasing this Matson money, and now we're uncovering that Matson is actually a fraud. But there's still it's it's amazing how these episodes are led by a like their mission to drive the deal or um like or destroy the deal yeah. or it's 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 all. It's just it's not emotion based. It's fancies. It's like always like one decision that changes everything. Exactly. And you realize that when you have that much money and power that you can just you can just follow your whims in that way. And I just it with death and grief, your world does feel like it's shaken and everything is unstable and it's like somebody is just you're in a bag and life has just said, "Actually, I'm going to just turn the bag upside down. You're nothing anymore." Um, and and you've got to, you're all jumbled up, and then I'm going to put you back in the bag and see how you feel. And it's like this with the Matson deal. And for them, while they're grieving, so soon after he's died, they're having the election. They're having this big decision with the Matson. Um, it's they they are susceptible now to huge mistakes, and that is what Roman, unfortunately, has been the the victim of. He has made such terrible mistakes in this in in this kind of flurry of grief and emotion um in the episode before last where we had the big speech the living plus um episode big shoes big shoes big shoes (laughs) can i have clouds i think that um you know you see the pros and cons of being a rich kid in that episode so so well laid out because you um see how destructive and ridiculous it is 
for the normal people around them, Kendall's saying, I want clouds, no, I don't want clouds. Build a house for me, no, I don't want you to build a house for me. Even Greg exercising his rich kid power in that moment where he set, tells the sound guy, get it done, and it pays off. And Kendall sort of comes out triumphant at the end as the best public speaker out of all of them, does his job, makes the product sound really fucking good. And I just felt so sorry for Roman in that moment because he... He felt so lost. Mm. It's like every... I feel like he can't even trust himself now on the decisions that he makes because he and Shiv kind of were thinking that Kendall was the one that was going to be unstable and was going to come off the rails mm. in that moment. But actually, it's Roman that loses out. Um, and, and his decision to go and fire that, I don't know, TV exec. Joy. Joy. Um, it and then Jerry. He didn't go there intentionally, did no. he, to fire her? He's just in that moment trying to assert some of his power. And the fact that he's unseen by the siblings and the company at that point, and he's doing something on his own with, you know, it's a, it's a big thing. I think he just gets blown away by that and just swept up in, oh, I need to, I need to be someone. I need to do something. It, it, I, it, he's so childlike in this series. I know. And that's why I feel like, because I really do feel like Kieran Culkin, our love is portrayed it so fantastically mm. I just do wish that we'd seen a tiny bit more of him but we still have a few will. episodes to go I think we will I, and then last night before we get onto this most recent episode what do you think of the Shiv and Tom rekindling that's happened over the last couple of episodes well we predicted that would happen we did I am so glad it's happening I'm so deeply confused though why they haven't revealed that she's pregnant sooner mm-hmm. to Tom because I well we'll get that onto that in this, this episode but um I I'm so I'm so confused as well. Like, does Tom actually love her, or does he love what she represents and money? And we that that's I think that scene just after they fucked, um, bitey bitey bitey, and he says, you know, actually, Shiv, before you, money was always a worry, and you've never had that worry. And actually, I I like that life. I like watches. I like suits. And she scoffs at it, but is almost touched that he reveals that. Yeah, his honesty. And sees it for what it is, rather than this is a guy who's just marrying me for this. Like Actually, that he's he's sharing that it is something that's really important to him. And also shedding light on why he had betrayed her and you still seeing... what well, you seeing how clearly that has... Um, like wounded her yeah like, but they've like, held on to that too haven't they this is the first moment where they actually talk about it yeah and in the previous episode or when they actually decided to divorce or whatever saying you know do you want to talk about it do you want to talk about it and she's like no no um they've really let that can they've drawn that out that actual confrontation about what happened mm-hmm. and then that explodes in the next episode and do you think that there is um a flirtation being set up between her and madison yeah. do you think yeah, it's yeah. real i think what will happen now should we get onto that later let's let's give up okay later okay so but we don't have time to go like fully fully deep dive we just have to give our deep you know our quick assassination of each bit so tell me um tell me some headline thoughts what did you think of um tom and shiv's little breakfast moment with the scorpion confusing yeah slightly strange from his end I feel like each scene between Tom and Shiv almost each scene actually between all the characters is kind of psychosexual yes it's like what is going on are they are they flirting or are they like shooting each other with 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 word guns and why does it always feel like he just misses the mark with her constantly (laughs) 
<laughs> word guns. I like that. Um, yeah, yeah, he does miss the mark. He tries too hard. I feel like the scorpion thing really reminded me of like when you and I have had a big fight and we're like recovering and we've like gotten <laughs> over it, but then like one of us will make too risky a joke too soon. Yeah. Like something that's like a bit too mean. It's like, whoa, we, we've, not, we've not regained enough trust there. And I feel like she was putting him in, putting him in his place a little bit like do you really think that you've earned the right to call me a scorpion yet because it clearly hurts her when she references it later on i don't know whether he's actually the scorpion is he giving it to her as like i'm a scorpion you can have me no 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 he's saying that she's the scorpion and that he loves her anyway because she'll always hurt him and kill him that's what he literally says in the scene but he he in fact is the scorpion because he betrayed her definitely it's weird isn't it that analogy with um is it analogy the, the, the fact that they played bitey yeah. in the previous episode. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I I like the fact that they've just slotted back into domestic life together, even with their many, many, um, uh, you know, people who are employed in their house. I love how he shoot. I, I also like the fact that we've seen more of the, the, the reality of being a rich person with that much help. Mm. So even though he's carrying the breakfast to her, he's showing someone a way to put the gift on the on the plate and putting the... Salt on the chips at the party, mm. and like he's there's so much infrastructure into people's lives daily when they're rich. Yeah, they have so much help. They have so much like like step ups, don't but they? But they still want to feel like they've done that last step themselves, yeah. like the the intimacy exactly, of it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and they don't realize that you know ninety percent of it is already done. Yeah. Um, and then we have the pastry scene. So when all of the siblings meet up to talk about, I only call it the pastry scene because it annoyed me that there were all these beautiful pastries laid on this table. When all of the siblings meet to talk about um, the funeral arrangements. Oh yeah, in that really clean, gross-looking restaurant. Yeah, it looked very like Cafe Concerto. I would not want to go there. Um, I was just annoyed that there were such beautiful pastries laid on the table and nobody took a single bite. And they all left. They were all in and out. They were just in and out. They didn't even oh, take a Oh, it's about who's going to talk at the funeral, yeah. Who's yeah. going to talk at the funeral. Which is, I guess, then the the framework of the episode. Oh, God, yeah. We're going to be set up for a... There's going to be a big funeral episode. And Roman, Roman. Episode. Roman's taking the lead, though. So Do you he, think that maybe he might have a big speech where he... Can maybe he, maybe he reveals things, truths about the family? I don't know, but I definitely think... Kendall has been set up to be the star of the show right now, like the the, the new successor. The Loganification. Um, yeah, and I think that he's going to have some kind, I think that the, 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 the murder of that boy will be revealed. Oh, it has to be. Yeah. And if it isn't, then it will be an interesting sort of um, tale of how rich people and privileged people can get away with stuff like that. But I think that given that these are TV writers, they're not going to let that one. Lie. No, but the, the pregnancy also is going to be this huge explosion, right? Yeah. Then we have um, Greg firing all of the people on Zoom. That moment when Tom is doing like crying. Yeah, miming. Um, and he yawns as he walks away. Perfect little details. Mm. Oh, great. But also I thought it was interesting that despite uh, Shiv and Tom having that slightly awkward exchange earlier, when you see a flash of their text messages and how brute, like, you know, because tech, uh, Shiv texts him after she calls up Madsen to say, you've got to come to the party. She texts Tom to say, I hope I didn't break your dick last night. And oh, he yeah. says, no, I'm still rock hard as he's yawning and going into the firing session. So it's almost like they struggle to communicate in person but when they're texting yeah. each other and when there's like a degree of distance, they're super hypersexual. I still feel, I feel like Shiv, he, he words it perfectly, Tom, when he says in the previous episode, uh, no, I think I did break you. Yeah. Um, I And the fact that Shiv is texting, I'm sorry, I didn't break your dick. You know, she seems to be, and and, and kept him up all night, which is yeah. why he said, I, I, Shiv seems to be the one who is really in this more than Tom. Potentially. I and maybe... Like she, 
Oh, okay. Well, we'll get to their yeah. fight later. But um, so now we're in the party scene. What did we think? Of. And Tom is so emasculated in this episode because he's sorting out the wine, he's sorting out the chips, the salt on the chips. Like he, it means so much to him, him to be hosting this together. And then it quickly becomes clear that Shiv is parading, him. yeah, yeah, parading as a couple, but actually is 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 openly stabbing him in the back by yeah. not supporting him and saying no, actually he will stay. The, the leader of whatever, ATM. So Madsen arrives when Kendall is doing a speech. And, and he's doing a speech a... so brilliantly, isn't yeah. he? He's, he's, you, you, he's really coming alive as this, this kind of leader, showman, representative of the family. He's just confident, easy, relaxed. He has this lovely little interaction with all of our favourite one-line extras in the party. Which shows us that actually, to the outside world, he's actually quite popular. Yeah, he seems capable. And has real relationships with these people. You know, he says that they're old friends and he has in-jokes. And, like, I didn't... I've never really seen it from that light. And I think it's really clever at this stage of the series to put that scene in because it shows us that actually when you're in a family dynamic, you're so... Everything is so fucked up and... and heightened. And heightened and more intense and, and claustrophobic. Whereas now that it's opened up to the public even though it's kind of a, you know, a contained group of people. Um, it's, yeah, everything is a little bit more clear. You get a better perspective. Exactly. Oh, did yeah. I just pause it? No, it's still going. It's okay. Sorry. Okay. Um, so... Um, Madsen enters in in this moment that's supposed to be a moment of silence for the father, which was like very on the nose, but also, you know, loved it, super glam, um, in his gold bomber jacket, which I thought was... Loved that. They clearly made such a decision there with the fashion choices. Yeah. That he's sort of ostentatious and just... I also thought it was really interesting when he was talking about New York being this dead city and that he thinks yeah. that Seoul and, um, you know, Singapore are the places to be. It's like, yeah, everything about him represents something that's so opposite to the old money world of the Roys. With his um, entourage of the, uh, what, Bella? Be Ebba. Ebba, who he's had this weird, fucked up relationship with. She, he sends her his blood. She's so pretty in she such so pretty. a different way to the way that, like, I could ever be pretty. Just, like, so gorgeous and soft and androgynous. And that just, haircut like, won't suit you. That yeah, haircut sure. would look so abominable on me. Um, <laughs> I just, it's like, I saw it and I was like, God, maybe I could do it. Never. No. Never in a thousand years. And the very loud, large guy. Andreas. Andreas, who's just a dick. Yeah, he's so mean to Greg. Like, I'm not saying that I'm Greg's biggest fan at this point, but like. Greg is so smarmy now. Greg is really, and, and, and weirdly, despite the fact that they have given him some really nice moments this season, he hasn't glowed or been. I don't know, as prominent maybe as I think some people were expecting him to be in season four. I don't four. think, I, I'm so glad he's not, I, I still think he's had too much actually. Mm -hmm. I would have done with less Greg. I reckon Just because I feel like he's, he's, he doesn't seem to have a moral compass. No, as he admits openly that he, the reason why he's good at firing people is because he seems like he cares, but he doesn't. Yeah. Which is actually a very self-aware thing to say. Mm. Um, but he's clearly only saying that as well to try and impress Madsen. But basically we get into the, politics which is that Kendall is desperately trying to get everyone on his side to make sure that what I don't really understand the politics I don't really care the main thing I care about yeah. in this episode is the amazing fight I, I between think. Tom and Shiv I just think I could have watched that for an hour well before we get onto that because we can just mostly talk about yeah. that but I do think that it's really interesting the way that Kendall and Roman 
are like bouncing around and seem very capable, I think, actually, in their like pursuits of they call them like the libtards and the Nazis. They both like know the right people to talk to. They're basically trying to get people on side so that they can kind of like tee up this this deal going south. They're basically like hinting to everyone that it's actually not going to happen. And then they need Connor to step down so yeah. that they get his percentage, which is like four and five percent, which actually is a respectable percent. Definitely. And they're obviously kind of proud of that, Connor and Willa. Yeah. And, it, you know, Roman... After he has this interaction with Jerry where he realises that he has hugely fucked up and that she's not going to forgive him and she says bitterly, I could have got you there. He like paces over and then humiliates Connor in front of everyone. He says, everyone here thinks you're a fucking idiot. It's all a chain reaction, isn't it, this episode? Well, actually in the entire series where something hurts them and then they go and attack. Mm -hmm. It's a cycle. Yeah. And then we find out that... Roman and Kendall have now found out that Madsen has both been lying kind of about his numbers, lying subs. about the numbers, and is being creepy towards Ebba. Which is, I just like the way that Madsen said Ebba. She was like Lucas Ebba. When that. they have that bit where Shiv is talking to Ebba and Madsen's there and basically under insulting Ebba, saying, you know, she well, this is my head of PR and she can't even go yeah. to a party. Um, it's just so intimate that you can see that. There was some real care there. Matson seems to be actually quite juvenile and and kind of hurt, like that she didn't love him back or that she didn't enjoy his blood that he sent yeah. in that moment. Yeah, she seems to sort of be like the one that actually probably takes care of him in a weird way. Um, but she also then says that she wishes that he would fire her, which is when Kendon and Roman try and sort of find out information from her about this like clear harassment thing but she ends up dropping this hint about India yeah. and do you think that it's a surprise that Madsen is clearly a bit of a con man as well no not at all because I think he believes that he can transform it but it does make everything slightly it's it's strange writing in a way because if if this deal is something they've been working towards for so long why haven't they like why is Madsen pushing back like, if he has got stuff to hide, why isn't he just being a bit easier to have a deal done with? Maybe because in order for him to seem like the kind of the faultless businessman that he is, he has to sort of have contingencies mm. and, like, you know, things well, like no, that. Well, no, she says the ego is so inflated. It shows how fucking huge his ego is because they didn't suspect it for a second. And Shiv really starts to crumble as she realises yeah. the horse that she's backing potentially could be a mad horse that goes off yeah. the rails. Yeah. Not that horses are on rails at any no. point, but, you know. Well, they are in carousels, well, That's they? true. That's true. Um, and then we have our amazing fight between Shiv and Tom. Yeah. And Tom's... Tom in this is more human than I've ever seen him. Like, yeah. he's so... Um, oh, my gosh, I just loved it. Because just, just before they have this fight, they're talking to somebody who... Uh, Shiv and Tom are talking to this guy who then makes a comment about Tom. Well, you, you're probably going to be moving on after this. And Tom acts surprised. He's like, well, where did you hear that? And the guy retracts it. And Shiv, before that, had described Tom as not being spicy. He's a one-pepper menu item. Yeah. Again, so emasculating. Yeah. And maybe this fight... Do you think that the people at the party could see that the fight was going on? Do you think their windows are soundproof? Because this is I something don't know. that I was I wish they'd done a shot. I wish they'd done a shot. Of seeing what it looked like from the, the inside of the party. The fact that they were shouting, they, they knew it was soundproof. Um, but it, what it also shows is that, that it was like, you know, everybody knew that Tom now might be fired. Yeah. 
everyone had been talking and whispering and bitching. So even though it was supposedly a party of friends or whatever, or important people in the room. No, it was, Tom says, the most important people in the room were there and you are going to be fine. You could have had, you can go any which way. I can't. Um, and she said, no, that's you. She says that it was a tactical kind of joke, which I thought was really interesting, that she's being honest about the fact that, yeah, putting you down because people think that you are kind of an idiot is going to work for me. And it's almost like she's saying, come on, we've been so honest with each other. We've reconciled. You need to accept the reconciled. fact. Reconciled. <laughs> no, I mean, I I like reconciled. I literally never said that word out loud before. Reconciled. <laughs> I feel like, yes, you're right. There was a degree of honesty in this fight that they haven't really been able to do before. She's saying, you need to accept that people think that you're a bit of an idiot. And yes, I was making a tactical joke about you, but why can't you handle it? And I thought actually she was in her rights to do that. She's, I agree. It's a survival thing. She's trying to con people. She's got to be secretive and play her cards close to her chest. I didn't think it was such a big deal. It was showing that he was slightly immature or, or naive in this business world. And... I kind of didn't mind that, but I just felt his pain. He wants everything to be okay. And the fact that he does bring up, you know, you would actually not be a good mother. He knows that will destroy her because of her relationship with her mother and her reluctance in the first place to have a baby. And when she replies, well, that's just not a very nice thing to say. Yeah, It's just so direct and from her heart. And she... I I just thought that I just did want her to say at that moment, well, then fuck you because I'm pregnant. I wanted her to say that. I thought that would have been an appropriate place for her to admit that she's pregnant. Which is why it's very strange that they didn't. And I I do now think she's going to she's going to abort late, which is going to be horrific for an audience to watch. I think if she if that is the case, it's probably going to be quite traumatic for her. Or are they just being really you know subtle with the whole thing because you know she is carrying a drink in most of the episodes since she's been pregnant um not even make that the thing maybe you just sort of fight maybe she maybe she'll mention it next episode that she actually had an abortion two weeks ago exactly and i also found it interesting because in most much lesser shows they would have done a shot to show her saying oh actually no alcohol or, you know, or cradling her belly at one point. Yeah, but they've like decided to something... completely evade all of that stuff, which I fucking love. I do love it too, but it's interesting that they haven't. I think it was interesting as well, because in this um, fight, I really got the sense where it's like, I actually just don't think it will ever work out between them. No, Before... and that's, that's the classic case with, you know, someone dying soon after they seem like they're going to make a recovery or they have a burst just before they die. It's like this. They've had a burst just before the relationship dies. Exactly, because everything before that's prevented them from being together, I've thought is so circumstantial and that potentially if they could just make it work, if they could find the time, that actually they would be a really good match for each other. But you're right. He ultimately doesn't understand that she is doing everything that she can to survive. And he he cares about himself and he cares about his ego. He still wants to be respected. And, and I, I also yeah. the siblings, the survival thing with them, they're so desperate to prove their dad wrong and to make something of themselves. Unlike Connor, who at the end kind of is like, yeah, fine, I'll give up my percent if I can have a nice place to go to with nukes. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to go with the one person who loves me here, Willa. And I thought that was beautiful. But he's actually choosing a happy life. These siblings are choosing the harder route. And this Nepo baby thing, like it's actually a fucking hard life they've got. They, they're they either going to the be disrespected, live in the shadow. Like they, Shiv desperately wants approval. Desperate, it's fine. Yeah, just checking. Desperately wants to make something herself. And that is why it won't work with Tom because she is out for herself like he sees. Um, 
And potentially the reason why um, they're never going to be happy at the end of this show, which is, I'm sure, the, the the place that we're heading to, is because they've always like mistaken power for love yes. in a way. Yes. And if they had just realised that the only way... That, that, that Logan dying at the moment that he did has left these kids with this idea that the only way that they can actually survive and do the best thing is by constantly fighting with each other and undermining each other and going behind backs each other's each other, backs. Yeah. When actually the strongest that they would be is if they were together. But they're yeah. never going to realise that. No. And that's what's so tragic. Yeah. And it's just so great when Tom comes out after that fight and is like, okay, everybody up, everybody out my house. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. And it's just such an undone thing in that society where... You know, you're hosting, so you stay... And it's also an election night. They're meant to be staying up all night. It's so shocking that he does that in etiquette, you know, in the etiquette sense. Um, And Shiv going, well, fuck Tom. It's just so childish. Yeah. Oh, my God. What do you think that last lingering shot on Tom Tom. in bed means? I don't know. Part of me, but I always kind of go with the baby route, is him maybe getting a sense that there's something going on with Shiv. And maybe she has got my child in her and oh, maybe I fucked it all up or maybe I fucked my entire life up now. Like, if you're fucking someone who's, she's t- over 20 weeks pregnant, you would know. You would know something. You can't not, like, there's no way you wouldn't know her body. And they would have been naked, surely. Mm-hmm. Like, you would know. God, it's fascinating. I really, really wonder what's going to be done with that storyline. So same, and they've made that the the big thing. Yeah, and but it's then, also very like, do you know what I mean? People don't tend to. I, I feel like you know, even though abortion is uh, supposedly something that we've been discussing for such a long time, people still can be so touchy about yeah. it in media and everything like that. So the fact that they are handling this, see, they're making, they're portraying her to be quite reckless. I love it because yeah, I I think it's very she's, modern. I also I think that the fact that she they could have made her twelve weeks pregnant, they've made her plus twenty. Yeah. But if this is it all in this, you know, in the next few days after Logan dies, which I think it is, it's pretty much only been like a week, I think. So she's only twenty. She could still have an abortion. You can have an abortion up to like twenty-four weeks, apparently. Really? But that's late. My favorite scene in this episode was the confrontation slash like fight slash hugging scene between Madsen and Kendall mm. at the end, um, because Kendall just seemed to grow in such confidence, and almost like with a fucker attitude, like I'm gonna. I'm going to ruin this even in public. Like he was joyful. He said, oh, well, no, no, no. You, you might need a new business venture. You can sell, you know, your things because you, I heard that you need some new uh, streams of capital or whatever. He just, he was so in his element. And when Madsen jumped over awkwardly over the table like and they gave lion. that. I know. It was just, I mean, it's probably just because I found the whole scene very arousing, but it was, it was oh definitely my, gosh, my yeah. favorite of the But episode. when Kendall in the previous episode, you know, puts with his foot one in the sand in the sea. Um, it is gearing up for some big, you know, what is, what the fuck is going to happen? Kendall can't go on this good a form. No. He's never been on a good form for more than a few episodes at a time. So I think it's time for his downfall. But also he hasn't seemed to be using the last few episodes. Maybe he's been drinking and maybe Mm. he's been doing a little bit of drugs. I don't know. But clearly his true addiction was always going to be power. And now that he actually is at the helm, it's almost like he doesn't need the other stimulants, you know? Yeah, he doesn't need a bungee jump. No. Um, but yeah, it's it. Roman is going to be the one who speaks at the funeral, so I reckon that's the next episode. There's going to be some mic drop moments, I think. How many episodes are there left? Do we know? I think two, two oh or my three. God. I know it's brutal. Well, stay with us. We'll be here next week, and we hope that um, everyone has a lovely week this week. Yeah. 
And you know, I, I'm I'm I've only watched this episode now once fully yesterday. I'm I'm gonna enjoy it with subtitles today and oh, give myself a treat. Really, oh my god, you're gonna indulge. Yeah, Alfie doesn't like watching it with subtitles, so I've I yeah, I can only I can now only watch the session with subtitles because I need to know what they're exactly saying. There's I, so many I do always moments. one with and one without. Yeah, I watched it first good. time with subtitles this time, second time without subtitles. Yeah. That was actually, I preferred it that way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way of doing it because then you can really know what they're saying but kind of just think that, oh, I let it be. Just enjoy the acting. There was one little moment where I thought it was so... I love the stare that Roman and Shiv did when Kendall makes them do a moment of silence. Yeah. Um, but there was also a nice little moment that was so subtle that I didn't notice. I like Madsen um, touching Ebba's neck in the background of one of the shots after they've had a confrontation and everything, you know, showing his dominance over her and the fact that she probably is kind of stuck in a slightly well, abusive relationship Well, I think they're still there. fucking. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think that's why she is kind of ashamed and can't leave yet type of thing. Yeah. Or she is leaving in Tuesday, uh, February. Because <laughs> of India. I was going to say Tuesday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that Shiv and Matson will now fuck. I think probably out of vengeance. Yeah. yeah and it's going to be awful. Yeah. Because the fact is, I think what's interesting with the dynamic between Madsen and Shiv is both of them think that they're leading the other one on. Yeah, I think a little bit. Madsen so is like, yeah, she's going to think that I want to fuck her, but I don't. I'm actually just using her. And I think Shiv thinks the same thing about him. Yeah. Imagine if two people listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed, super fans. We could just, we don't need the mics. We would just sit here and talk about exactly, it like Exactly, we can this. just have a chat. Imagine if for all our conversations now, we just put a huge microphone in front of our face. Maybe that's the only way that we can actually have conversations yeah. is if we pretend that we're podcasting. And pretend that we've got an audience. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first sign of madness, putting a podcast mic in front of your face. Thank you for listening, everybody. And speak to you soon on this Succession Fangirl podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.